word become flesh and made his home among us. We have seen his glory, glory like that of a father's son, only son, for a full of grace and truth. So, like only the pastor poet Eugene Peterson could do, he met this beautiful theopoetic language in John's Gospel with his own salt of the earthiness and paraphrased this stunning proclamation of the good news. Uh, and he put it this way in the message translation, message paraphrase. He said, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. We may just pause there, because that's the whole deal, friends. This cosmic word that was there at the beginning, that was there before the beginning, which arrives into darkness, bringing light, which is sometimes so foreign and so faint, it can't even be recognized by those who claim to have expertise. This word has come to us. This word comes to us not in a, a marketing campaign. This word comes to us not in a document that's held under lock and key, not even written in some skywriting jet's Contrails, but this word comes to us in flesh and in blood, in bone and in breath. This word is not smooth or odorless or silent or invisible, but visceral, sensible. This is the word of God, and it is a word of, of morning sickness and umbilical cords and crying babies and meconium. I know there's some folks that uh, can give a little amen in here. This word came to us. Not asking us to come to him first, but to respond, to recognize, to follow. This is not a word on some obscure mountaintop apex that we have to hire a Sherpa to ascend to or a word in the San Andreas Fault that we have to board the most daring submarine to descend to, nor is it a word held captive by one culture or one people rest from another on display in some musty museum. This is a word in the neighborhood. Right here, this is a, a vernacular word. This is a word that has a a telltale drawl to it, a local dialect. This word actually spoke Hebrew, Aramaic. This word is hollered from street corners and whispered across cafe tables. It echoes from park playgrounds and it wails from the wake of sirens. This is a word of love spoken in a place. But it's also a word that knows what it means to be displaced. I don't want to like over represent or jump to a lesson or a bright side. But this season has really taught this little congregation as a church 
community a little bit about what it feels like to be displaced? Just a little bit. Sometimes it's felt powerless, sorrowful, traumatizing, unstable. We've all felt some of these things to some degree or another over this past year plus, but God has not been absent during this time. God has not been surprised, even when we've been exhausted or frustrated or scared. That word in John the Evangelist's Greek for the way, there is a word for the way that Jesus comes to us. It's something like pitch a tent. It's a word with skin on it. It's meant to evoke the, the, the very tabernacling of God, God's presence in motion. When God draws near to us and walks with us, wherever we are, not in ideal laboratory conditions, but in the, the daily grind and in the strange, sinful weirdness of this life. God's presence and God's love has long known this displacement. Think about the opening chapters of God's grand story where God's image-bearing partners are displaced from Eden by their cooperation with the trespassing powers of sin and death. To the, the saving displacement of the exodus, God's way-making, sea-splitting deliverance from sin and death in Egypt. To the wandering displacement of exile, Flame by evening, smoke by daylight. God was with the Israelites even when they were in no man's land. God was with them. And we fast forward to the story of arrival and the birth of this Emmanuel word, God with us. And we still see more displacement. This Advent season, I discovered my, my new favorite seasonal album. And this is... Uh, Ken Elsie can probably tell you about this. I haven't discussed this with him, but um, it, it, he's a jazz guy. And this is by famed jazz composer Dave Brubeck and his wife Iola wrote it too. And they wrote a whole album uh, around the feast of uh, La Posada. And this is the embodied celebration in Latin cultures of Mary and Joseph looking for lodging. The word, not yet birthed, sought hospitality, a, a, a room making. And as Mary and Joseph go from home to home, no room is found. This celebration, La Posada, is a haunting reminder, but it's also a prophetic call towards our own practices of hospitality. Every knock at the door may be the word in flesh calling out to us. The, the Brubeck's album, it culminates in an anthemic song called God's Love Made Visible. Like God's Love Brackets Made Visible. And there are some awesome renditions of that on, on YouTube. I recommend go for it. But I think implicit by making this like the ultimate song is the idea that God's love is always made visible in a place and often through the experience of being displaced. That journey makes God's work. Um, I have another slide. Our neighbors over at El Futuro celebrated La Posadas this past week and, and set up a, a pinatas and a whole celebration and enacted this holiday. And, uh, it, they're really cool. They do really great stuff. Um, Mary and Joseph in the, the baby Jesus 
continue to know this displacement in their flight to Egypt, escaping Herod's anxious bloodthirst, killing the holy innocents. Sin and death are always the means to uphold a regime of sin and death. And they, they feel this downstream. And then Jesus continues to know this displacement. He, he, he knows this displacement in his life, in his adult ministry. At one point, he says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He has no place. The ultimate and final act of displacement was this word, Jesus, driven outside of the city gates in this no man's land, in this, this place called the skull, having his blood drawn and his flesh pierced and torn at Golgotha, at Calvary. So what does this mean for us? What is the good news of this displaced love? It means that every time we sing about this place, we sing, O come Emmanuel and ransom captive Israel, we sing a carol about Bethlehem, <coughs> we remember the place where God spoke his word into humanity, and we are invited to hear it once more. And there's a, a slide up there about this place. This comes from a, a Lutheran church in Bethlehem, uh, even now, this this crash that was set up in the midst of rubble. This is an incredible nativity artwork that reminds us that amid war, amid disaster, amid persecution or gentrification or whatever sort of displacement and marginalization that is happening in life, in our lives, in our world, that is where God has arrived and continues to show up. Right on time, in this place, Christ is born amidst the wreckage. That is the advent, that is the nativity, that is the Christmas good news. Um, the pastor of this church, uh, the Evangelical Lutheran Christmas Church in Bethlehem, is uh, Rev Reverend Dr. Mother Isaac, and he says, In Gaza today, God is under the rubble. He's in the operating room. If Christ was... To be born today, he would be born under the rubble. We see his image in every child killed and pulled from under the rubble in every child in incubators. We're reminded that Jesus was born this Palestinian Jew in the midst of, of trauma and struggle and rubble, and still is. This, this word has become flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. First century Bethlehem's neighborhood, 21st century Bethlehem's neighborhood, the Lakewood neighborhood, the places where you eat, where you sleep, where you play, and where you pray. So friends, hear the good news. God is here. The word has become flesh and dwells among us. Jesus will come again to us to enact what has already begun. God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. When God comes in this place, through the displacement, we see God's glory, full of grace, full of truth, overflowing, undeniable, more than enough. Thanks be to God. We all pray with me.
Lord Jesus, we give you thanks for meeting us here, for meeting us uh, where we are and where we hurt and where we rejoice. This weary world rejoices for your coming, and we ask even now that you come, Lord Jesus. Thanks for your gifts. Thanks for your reminders and little glimpses of uh, the ways that you come to us and uh, the ways that you uh, still have yet to come. Open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts and hands to receive you. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.